0: Y'all ready? Come on, y'all ready, church. Come on now. It is the first full week of 2021. And if you thought, well, new numbers, new years, things are all going to be better, surprise. (laughs) Surprise. I hate to spoil it for you. A friend of mine uh, from Louisville, Pastor Nathan Hurst, posted this a couple of days ago. In fact, I reposted it. Uh, He said, unfortunately, as the dust is settling around the election and all the social media craziness, too many Christians are acting as if there will be some overthrow of the stated results. Please understand, this is exactly what first century Jews were looking for in the Messiah. They wanted a Messiah who would overthrow the Roman government. We all know that didn't happen. Why? Because that same Jesus that spurred on the first century church is the same Jesus that lives within us today. Our Jesus, our Messiah, is not a political movement, nor is he a social media meme. Are you hearing me? It's like we, we struggle from short, uh, short-term memory loss. And we think if the right, y'all have heard me say this before, but I'm gonna, apparently it needs to be reiterated. We think if a certain person is uh, is in office or if a certain person, well, our world is destroyed. And we forget where the Bible says that God sets up people in authority. And I trust God more than I trust any man. Amen? And so I just believe God is going to work as well. I believe God is setting the church up for something big in 2021. Are you hearing me? In fact, one of the, uh, uh, Bradley, see on his, uh, one of the guys, uh, it's um, Melinda Mayer's brother-in-law uh, but me and him t- text back and forth weekly it's text, he's over in Gitmo he's uh, serving our country and uh, we were texting back and forth and he said man he said I'm mad I'm frustrated but I'm excited I said me too I said, I've got all those emotions because I'm excited because I believe God is about to do something incredible, and I want to be right in the middle of it. I don't want to be one of these ticked-off people, ticked-off Christians that are sitting over a corner whining and complaining about everything that's going on. I want to be right in the center of whatever God's doing. I haven't even started my introduction yet, and y'all are all very quiet. It's going to be a good day, so... Hey, uh, I do want to welcome our on- online audience. And uh, let's do this real quick. Because uh, I know one of our online, April, uh, who follows us religiously uh, on- online. She has got so many people that uh, up in the New England area, Michigan area, that, that are watching us weekly. Uh, she said, uh, Pastor, I am struggling with trying to quit cigarettes this year. Pray for me. Anybody else want to quit? Come on. God, I shouldn't. Have. anybody want to quit tobacco, cigarettes, heroin? Get your hands up there. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> pornography. Where you at? Where you at? Come on, I'm gonna say, no where you at? No, no, it's just joking. We've all got something. Come on, but if that's you raise your hand up, I want to pray for you as I pray for April. Father, right now, come on, everybody, pray. I, I break this, this, this addiction of tobacco over these lives that, that, that has got such a hold on them, Father. I, I come against that, God. I pray you would take the taste out of their mouth, out of their system where their body has got used to the nicotine, got used to it, Father, that you would break that off of their lives right now and that we would hear testimonies about freedom. In Jesus' name, and the church said? Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to the second service. Didn't Casey do an incredible job last week? Powerful job. Um, But I'll say this. It's very evident that our country needs more than a move of God. It needs a real experience with a living, true God. Are you hearing me? This, This past week, as I watched the news, as I watched everything going on, I saw something happen. In in their in, uh, in in one of our state buildings, that I, in our U.S. Capitol building, that I thought I would never see happen. No, it wasn't the breaching of the building, wasn't that. It wasn't the obvious, the uh, pastor ending with a man and a woman, wasn't that. But it was part of that prayer. What part of that prayer disturbed me more than anything was it when he brought out and called out the name Brahma, a Hindu god. And then declared, and the God that all faiths lead to. That bothered me because that's our country. This is our country. And according to Jesus, all faiths do not lead to one God. You must go through Jesus. And, and so when I, when I see the, uh, the state of our state and things that are going on, I'm reminded of Judges 21-25 uh, where it said, In those days all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes whatever seemed right in their own eyes can i be honest right now and and i you know me i'm not a political person i do not get political because i refuse to allow some organization put me at odds with somebody Oh, oh, i I just not that way. But I'm angry and frustrated when I look at what has gone on over the past year. And I have to ask somebody explain to me how something with a 99-plus percent survival rate shuts down an entire country and our economy. How how something with a 99-plus percent survival rate tells us who is essential and who is not essential. That frustrates me. I, I reposted something that uh, I think Melinda tagged me in on a church sign. It said, hey, act like we're Walmart and come on in. Because <laughs> that frustrates me. And, and, and so, but, but more than frustrated and more than angry, I'm saddened by the state of, of our country and what I'm seeing happen. And, and, and so, man, I've been, been praying for the past three, four weeks about, God, what, what is their focus for 2021? I want, me personally, what is your focus for me? What is the one word for me for this year? And the more I prayed, God gave me a word, but it wasn't just for me. it's for this body. And the word was revive, revive. And, and, and he, he was speaking, to Kelly, I want you to revive your health. I want you to just quit talking about it and actually do something. Come on. I want you to revive your finances. I want to re- want you to revive your joy, your walk with God. These are all areas I want to be revived. And I knew God was not just speaking to me. And so I, when I got the word, I be- immediately began to study revive in the Bible. What, what's it mean? What's it more than just revival? What does it mean? And the Hebrew word for revive is this word right here, C-H-A-Y-A-H. And you may be wondering, because I love saying that I like to find out how the words are pronounced, and you may be wondering, why has it got an 80s karate graphic behind it? Because the pronunciation of this word, and once I heard it, I thought, oh, we're going to have some fun with this. The pronunciation of this word is hi And immediately when the little thing on the internet told me, the, I, I, I imagine, hi ya I'm like, mm-hmm. we're going to have fun with this word. Somebody needs. I need to hire somebody back to life. I need to bring somebody back to life. But here's what the actual word means. Uh, You're gonna have to put me back on my um, PowerPoint, please. To live, to cause to live, to stir up or rekindle as a fire. To recover. I love it. To recover from a state of neglect, obscurity, or depression. And here we go. To refresh with joy or hope that's more than just bringing back to life there's a whole lot going on there with this word but doesn't that describe what america needs right now a restoration of hope joy a rekindling of who we are doesn't that i believe that describes what the church in general needs right now we need to find our place, our identity, get it back right now. And I felt like God said, Kelly, not only is that what you need, that's what your people need. You need to stir up, rekindle your faith, your passion for the lost. It's been in a state of neglect, and I want to refresh it with joy and hope. And be honest. Our country right now, I believe, and the church, is in a flatline state. But let's talk about the world, country. And what I mean with that, when I flatline state, you, you watch these TV shows. Uh, I didn't know what the word was for it. Till, you didn't even help me out Wednesday night. You knew the word for it, defibrillator. And the doctor didn't even tell me. And I had, I was say paddles, little paddles. But I'm going to say paddles because that's easier than defibrillator. But you know when they take that and they'll, that person is flatlining and they'll say clear, they'll put the old paddle and they'll shock them back to life. I believe that's what God wants to do to our country. Oh, you hear me? Here's the thing. How does God want to do that? Because if the church is dead too, we're of no use to the world. No use at all. And so I believe, Here's I don't understand it at all, but God's plan for humanity it's us. Look at your neighbor says, it's us. You are to be the defibrillators at your work. You are to be the one that brings people back to life, that shows them the way. But it's hard to do that when you're dead yourself. Come on now. C.H. Spurgeon said this. He said, it's a sorrowful fact that many who are spiritually alive greatly need reviving. And he says it's sorrowful because it is a proof of the existence of much spiritual evil. Come on, can we agree there's much spiritual evil in our world right now? There's things going on in the spiritual realm. We have no clue the battle that's going on. And so we are that solution. So today, turn with me, if you've got a Bible, turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, I'm going to bring it up here on the screens for you. I'll be reading from the NIV today. He's has got more and more and more evil. And then you get down to Queen Ophelia. Who, who, when her son got killed, this is how evil she was. When, when she got word that her son, the king, had got killed, she went and had the rest of her family, the royal family, killed Every one of them once survived the king's son, Joash. And and the only reason he survived is because his nurse knew what the queen was doing, and so she took him and she hid him, this baby boy, and that's how evil she was. So uh, Athaliah ruled over the land, but in the seventh year of her reign, Jehoiada the leading priest uh, uh, in the kingdom, he put together this plan to dethrone her. And he took Joash, who was the king's son who should have took the throne, at seven years old, they march him out without the king, without the queen knowing, and with the palace guards, and 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 they they put him up as the new and rightful king, and, and they bring him out, and and, the, and they begin to shout and and, and cry out, "All hail, or, or uh, long live the king!" As they proclaimed him as the new king. Well, Ophelia heard what was going on. And she couldn't believe it. She began to scream, "Treason! Treason!" So what did Yahweh do? Well, he went and had the palace guards get her, take her out, kill her with a sword, and anybody following her. And things from that point on began to seem like they were on the rise. They were being revived. Yah hey, was taking place. A revival of the land was taking place. Because when you look at 2 Kings chapter 11, when that happened, it says the people went out after after Athaliah had died. The people went out and tore down all the, the, the altars of the false gods, all the Baal altars. They went all the priests of Baal. They went and killed all the priests of Baal. And then it says the people rejoiced because finally the worship of the one true God had been restored. Things were beginning to be revived. Yahya was taking place, and it started to look like things were going well for Judah. The process has been started. The people were excited, and that's where we're going to jump into today's reading. 2 Kings chapter 1, starting with verse 1. In the seventh year of Jehu, Joash became king. He reigned in Jerusalem 40 years. His mother's name was Zibia. She was from Beersheba. Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all the years Jehoiada, the priest, instructed him. That's a pretty good start, right? When it says, he, hey, you're doing all that's right in the eyes of the Lord, I said it's a pretty good start. But let's look at a few years down the road in 2, Chron- uh, 2 Chronicles 24. After the death of Jehoiada, the priest, the officials of Judah came and paid homage to the king. And he listened to them. That's important. They abandoned the temple of the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and they went back to worshiping as and idols. What happened? How do you go from being on the verge of complete restoration? How do you go from being on the verge of being completely revived and brought back to life to abandoning the one true God that got you there? Like so many of us today, even in this room, the outside of Joash looked alive, looked like he had it all together, but the heart of God had not been revived inside of him. In fact, he was living off Jehovah's heart of God. A lot of people are doing that. I mean, here's what I mean. As long as Jehoiada was around telling him and showing him what to do, Joash was faithful to God. Joash did the right thing. But the moment Jehoiada is gone, so is Joash's faith. Do you remember what Paul said in Romans 10, 17? Help me out here. Faith comes by what? Hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Let's stop right there. I know hearing by the Word of God, but let's stop right there. Faith comes by Hearing hearing. If your faith comes by hearing it matters who and what you listen to. It matters who and what you watch. Are, are, you, are you following me right now? Joash is good as long as he's got is speaking the right things into him but when he's gone other voices begin to speak and it says Joash listened to them. It matters. You know me. I'm not legalistic in in, the, in one bit. I like my secular music. I love my movies. But it matters very much what you allow into your system. You allow Cardi B to speak into you on a daily basis? Oh, let's get real here. Parents, you might want to listen. Go home and ask what Cardi B's preaching when she says what. In fact, you want to lean over to them and ask them right now, I'm sure they'd be love to tell you what what the acronym is for. And if you're listening to that on a daily basis. And it's feeding you. It is shaping your faith and how you see sexuality, how you see women, how you see men. It's shaping. Faith comes by hearing. You go home and binge on a Netflix show that is full of explicit material. It's shaping your faith and how you view. So don't be surprised if what you held as high standards, you finally find yourself easing off. Or it's not that bad. Why? Because you slowly allowed it to shape your faith and how you see things. It says, after the death of your the officials of Judah came, paid homage, and he listened to them. He listened to them, and in the process, abandoned his faith. Here's a problem, though. He didn't really all the way abandon it. Joash thought he could mix it with his new faith in God. And I find a lot of Christians doing that today. They're trying to mix this with what God says over here. Can I tell you, that don't mix. It just gets very cloudy. We try to keep enough God of our beliefs while mixing in all this other stuff. And then you wonder... Why you're not as close, or as your, or or as passionate about God as you used to be, or about why why you're not as enthralled, you want it, Why you don't want to come to church like you used to be, or why you get to a certain place in your life where you're almost overcome it, you almost beat it, you almost beat this addiction, almost beat this sin. Your marriage almost is back, but then not quite. So if if that's the way, if you're happy with that in 2021, you want to live that kind of life. We're almost getting there, but not quite. I want to help you do that. I want to help you live that kind of life. And we're going to look at this story. I want to give you four ways, four things that Joash did that helped him almost be revived, but not quite get there. And he said, Kelly, you've been facetious. You don't really want us. I hope You'll see that, and I hope you'll say this is a way for us not to be that way. But the first one, if you're taking notes, how to live a life of almost but not quite. Have a follow the leader faith. We learn when you look at the story, Joash had very little convictions on his own. I'd say Joash really didn't have a relationship with God of his own. He was depending on Jehoiada's relationship with God because as long as he was around, Joash was doing the right things, right? And here's what you need to understand. Your relationship with God cannot be leader-based. It cannot be mama, daddy, grandma, grandpa, or somebody else-based. It cannot be pastor-based. You have to have a relationship with God on your own. You have to have it. It's dangerous when your faith is leader-based. You know why? Because leaders are just as human as you. And that's why you see a lot of people in the church, they get hurt because this leader said this, this leader failed. this leader did that. Here's the thing, if, you're, if your faith, your relationship with God is leader-based, you will get hurt, but if it's on God, you're going to realize, man, they are just as human as I am. I want to tell you one of the most cringeworthy moments of my life as a pastor here. Cringe, it was Pastor Appreciation Day. I do not like those days anyway. It's just uncomfortable for me. But this was the all-time cringeworthy factor. In fact, Ben and Amanda were laughing because they remember it. But they bring Denise and I up on stage, set us right here, got the kids, got some other people, and they began to sing this song called Hero. I could have died in my seat. If I could have crawled under and, and made it out without being noticed, I would have why because i know me i'm no hero i, in fact, I all i want to do is point people toward jesus not me not what i can do not what denise can do because i know me i know this fact i am one sin away from blowing it all everybody in this room we are one mistake away from just losing it all and i'm not about listen i, I follow jesus and i'll tell you look to him not to this man right here Because I will disappoint you. I will offend you if I haven't already today. It's going to happen. But I point you to to Jesus. Uh, And and I know in the past we look at some of the great revivals that have taken place in our country. And and usually those great uh, revivals are associated with some great leader. But I don't believe that real, true, lasting revival comes just because a leader wanted it to. See, what do you mean? I can get up here and spend weeks every Sunday telling you how much I want revival, telling you how much I want your dreams to come back to life, telling you how much I want your marriage passion restored, telling you all this, but if you don't want it, all I'm doing is talking. If if you don't want it, I'm, I'm wasting my time. I believe it takes a group of people that say, I won't change I want to be a reawakened. I I, I look at my life, pastor, and I see I'm not as close to God as I used to be or as I want to be. So I know there's some things in me that's got to happen. And I believe when we get to that, that's what brings revival. I believe as a pastor, there's some things I can do. I can share vision. I can share what I believe God is saying. But if you as a people, as an individual, don't want it, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. And in fact, if this church doesn't want it, five, ten years, we'll be looking back and talking about the revival that was almost, but not quite. Oh, we almost had a breakthrough. We almost saw our our county set free from drugs. We almost saw it, but not quite. Let's get back to 2 Kings 12. Joel did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all the years Jehoiada, the priest, instructed him. So what happened to him? Verse 3 tells us, the high places, however, they were not removed. The people continued to offer sacrifices and burn incense there. The second way to have an almost but not quite kind of life, ignore the high places. It says, the, however, the high places were not removed. What, what are the high places? When you study this, one of the studies I read said the Hebrew people, when they would fall into adultery, they would have these places in the mountains, in the hills, that's where they would go to practice and sacrifice the false idols. The problem is they would also sacrifice to the true God there too. They would mix and mingle, and when you look at the study, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, you'll see that a lot of kings did that. They played both sides. They would mix pagan worship with with uh, Israel's work. Why? They want to make sure both sides are covered. Hey, we're going to pray to this God right here. If that don't work out, at least we got the God of Israel over here we'll pray to. We, we're we're trying to cover both sides. But the problem is, they don't mix. They don't mix. You want to have an almost but not quite awakening. Ignore those high places in your life. And you say, Kelly, what do you mean high places? Listen, maybe you don't have a literal altar that you've set up or any ash repose that you worship, but you've got some high places that are hidden in the hills of your life. You know, places that, that haven't been sur- uh, surrendered completely to God. There's some sins, some habits, some hatred. Come on, some anger, some unforgiveness some relationships, some pride, some reputation, identity, you know, those areas that you don't really want God's input on because you know what God's going to say about them so you don't ask him. Those are the high places. And we can talk about how much we love God, but the fact is until we love God more than those high places, more than those sins, more than those habits, more than the anger, more than that hatred, we will never see the life God fully wants for us. I'm telling you guys, from verse 4 here in 2 Kings all the way down to verse 16, you see Joash, man, doing good, being revived. He's even set up a, a building fund to rebuild the temple. He's passionate about it, but he's still ignoring the high places. And now look at verse 17. About this time, as the king of Aram, went up and attacked Gath and captured it. Then he turned to attack Jerusalem. But Joash, king of Judah, took all the sacred objects that had been dedicated to God by his predecessors, Jehoshaphat, Jehoram, ah- 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 Ahaziah, the king of Judah. I'll just try to sound real fast so you'll think I know what I'm saying. Uh, and the gifts he himself had dedicated, and all the gold found in the treasure of the temple of the Lord and of the royal palace, he sent them to Hazael, king of Aram, who then withdrew from Jerusalem. Joash found himself in the middle of a tough situation something he didn't expect, something he didn't want, something that wasn't coming. He hears about how Aram has attacked Gath and overtaken it, and that now they're headed toward Jerusalem to do the same thing. Here's what's crazy, though. Joash, knowing God, never turns to God. He never cries to God, we need your help. He doesn't say, call out to his nation as a king and say, guys, we need to call it uh, some time of prayer and fasting because if not, we're going to end up just like Gath and, and Aram. The country they're they're on their way to attack us. Let's pray. Instead, what does he do? He rounds up all the sacred objects that have been dedicated to God, and he uses those things to bribe the enemy. The third thing that'll keep you almost, but not quite, surrender the sacred. Surrender the sacred keep doing that. See, Joash found himself threatened with defeat. He doesn't turn to God. Instead, he takes these things that have been sacred and dedicated to God and he gives them up. And it's easy for us to look at Joash and say, no, don't do that. But the truth is we do it every day ourselves. We dedicate it. Well, we'll say, I dedicate my time. I dedicate my finances, my talents to God. I remember when we moved back here from the Atlanta area and God had called us, and Zion was in middle school, and he began to play football over there. Well, they had Wednesday afternoon and Wednesday evening practices, and we thought, no. And we went to the coach and said, listen, we want Zion to play football. I know you want him to, but you need to know. He's not going to miss church for practices. What Kelly, what was the point? We refuse to surrender the sacred. We wanted Zion to know, hey, Wednesday nights are important. We value these things, and we're not, and guess what? They allowed him to play. I have a feeling if some parents would begin to step up and say, listen, our, our son that plays ball really well, he's really good, but you're doing things on Sunday. We don't do things on Sunday. I, I believe if we was to have enough parents say, hey, we're not going to surrender the sacred, that we would see them moving some things around when it comes to ball for our kids. Oh, that was good, Pastor Kelly. Thank you. Woo, <laughs> hallelujah. Those are those areas we don't like God talking to us about. I know so many who dedicate their time to God. God, I'm all in. I'm willing to do whatever and be here whenever, but when other things call, we're so easy, willing to get up the sacred. Here, here's what, have I heard Bill Gates, you know, CEO of Microsoft? Here, here's what he, here's his view of church. And the sad thing is his view of church Lines up with a lot of Christians. Here's what he said. Just in terms of allocation of time resource, religion is not very efficient. There's a lot more I could be doing on a Sunday morning. See, if he wants to hear that quote by Bill Gates out of context, we'd be like, oh, the nerve of him. But here's the fact. And y'all know I'm not. I I, I encourage people take a Sunday off with your family, take a Sunday off with your spouse. But what happens when it comes over and over and over and over? What you're showing your child, what you're showing your spouse, what you're showing your partner? There are better things I can do on Sunday morning besides go to church. What about finance? What got quiet? (laughs) I love that. That means God's hitting some people. no, I'm gonna tell you, God, God dealt with me through this. What about finances? We'll start out 2021. Oh, God, I'm giving you my finances. I'm gonna tithe. I'm gonna give it all to you, and then the transmission goes out. Breaks, fail with, take a kid to the doctor. Finances are running tight. And we so quickly surrender the sacred that we've dedicated to God. We surrender it. What about this on the single people? God, I'm going to vow, I'm going to live a pure life. I know I've made mistakes. I'm going to live. I, not, I tell you what, God, I'm going to wait for you to bring me a man. I'm going to wait for you to bring me a woman into my life that's going to be a godly man, going to be a godly wife. I, I'm, 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 I'm holding out here long. Two weeks into it, you're like, um, let me help God out a little bit. Anybody hit my DMs? Anybody swiped right on me or left, whichever way it goes. Anybody did it? And what are we doing? We're so willing to give up the sacred instead of waiting on God. Come on now. Come on, man. Well, oh, that's that's good. I'm just going to take that. It's really good. I'm going to fast this year. I'm going to give. A, I had this conversation last night. <laughs> Denise was actually. Why did you have that heated? I said, What is a heated? I'm just very passionate about what I believe. Uh, so, but they were asking me about the fast, and, uh, and, and we're good enough friends where we can talk to each other this way. And, and uh, Hey, can I not just do this instead of what y'all are doing? I said, you can do whatever you want. It's your fast. It's not. I, I know what God has called me to. I said, no, we are encouraging the people to do this because we want to help them live a healthier lifestyle. Well, it says here I can't have Diet coats. I said, I guess you can't have Diet Coke's. And they go, I'm not going to do that one. I said, hey, it sounds like me, Holy Spirit may be dealing with you about some stuff. Since Diet Coke has got that kind of hold on you that it gives you an attitude that thought you might have to give it up. <laughs> they didn't like it. But they laughed it off. Ha, 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 you're so funny. Then they're like, well, uh, here, uh, hey, it's because on Whole30 you can drink coffee, which is why we're doing Whole30 not Daniel Fast. Um, so, uh, well, How are you going to sweeten your coffee? I said, I'll drink my coffee black. I said, I, listen, I don't care. Whatever. He, the point of the fast is not, I can tell you, you know what? I'm going to fast vacuuming. That's easy. I'm going to fast from... Midnight to 6 in the morning <laughs> while I'm sleeping. It's easy. Point of the fast saying, God, you know what? I want you more than I want this. I need change in my life. I want it so bad. I want it. And, and I'm telling you, I believe if some of you would get serious this year, and, and we made it easy, wouldn't in the past we've fasted this and do without, but hey, Daniel fast or 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 whole 30. Man, I wouldn't say they're easy, but at least you can eat meat and vegetables. Except on Daniel can't eat meat. But there's things you can't eat. Because my whole thing is I want us healthy. I think the church should be viewed as a healthy church, not as a bunch of overweight Christians. Oh, that didn't go over I did it? Come on, when I grew up, the only evangelists we saw on TV, come on. They would preach about everything else but gluttony because that was their sin. And they will not want my I know yeah. y'all with me. I hope you online are enjoying this as much as the people here enjoying this. I want you to hear my heart. I'm not legalistic. I, I don't believe that our salvation is based on works. I don't believe you can work for it or it's based on how much we do or don't do. But having said that up, I'll follow up with this. If we're really wanting and seeking a deeper walk with God, if we're really wanting a joy to be revived, our marriages to be revived, people come to Jesus, we're going to have to submit the fact that Jesus, all my resources, my gifts, my talents, they go to you first. First, you get them first. We cannot afford to give up the sacred, because here's the thing: the enemy knows this if he can convince you to give up the sacred one time, it becomes easier and easier to give it up. Remember when we first met Joash? As long as the priest was there, he was doing good. He was mentoring Joash. The Bible says that Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all the years he was alive. Uh, Jeho- Jehoiada was alive he almost experienced true reviving but not quite. why? well he had to follow the leader of faith two, he ignored the high places in his life and three he surrendered the sacred in second chronicles 24 years after that look at this promising young leader now although the Lord sent prophets to the people to bring them back to him to revive him to restore relationship. And though they testified against him, they would not listen. It's amazing how we can allow something to shape our faith that we've been listening to so long that when truth comes along and trying to shape that faith, we won't listen to it because we've allowed something else to shape us. Let's continue because I'm going to finish this up. And the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, son of Jehoiada, the priest. Remember that. Do you remember who Jehoiada was? Remember, he was the priest that actually set up Joash as king in the first place. He was the one that said, no, I'm going to place you. I'm going to mentor you. Well, here his son, Zechariah, the priest, stood before the people and said, this is what God says. Why do you disobey the Lord's commands? You will not prosper because you have forsaken the Lord. He has forsaken you. Get this. But they plotted against him, and by order of the king, Joash, they stoned him to death in the courtyard of the Lord's temple. King Joash did not remember the kindness Zechariah's father Jehoiada had shown him that killed his son, who said as he lay dying, may the Lord see this and call you to account. Do you see how much mercy is displayed in those few verses? Even though Joash has denied God, turned his back on God, God is still saying, come on, repent, come back to me. I want to restore the relationship with you. I'm, yeah, you've you've done all the but. This and I'm not, I just want relationship with you. The fourth way you want to live an almost but not quite kind of faith life, ignore the call to repentance. That's what he did here. God is so merciful, he's given Joash time and opportunity, an opportunity to revive his relationship, but Joash ignores the call to repent. I believe there's people in here today, you've done the same thing. God is on you and on you, on you, on you. I believe there are people that are watching online. God has been after you and telling you, here's some things you need to repent of. Here's some things that's got to happen in your life. But we will not listen to the voice of God and we ignore the call to repentance. Listen, I believe if we're going to experience true, uh, it starts with repentance. If I can get the team to come on up. And here's the truth. If we continue to call, ignore the call to repentance, we will never experience all that God wants for us, ever. Not because God is up there with his checklist looking for you, waiting for you to slip up. It's simply this. There is no intimacy with God without a repentant life. There is none. I believe people in this building here today you're on the table, and God has got the paddles out. Here's the thing about when they do that, they they yell clear. Why? Because at that moment, it's one-on-one. It's one-on-one. And I believe God is saying, hey, 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 it's just me and you here. I want to bring you back to life. I want to revive your faith. I want to revive your dreams. Aren't you tired of almost but not quite? Aren't you, almost, aren't you tired of almost breaking free but not quite? Aren't you tired of almost having that great marriage but not quite? Aren't you tired of almost breaking free from this addiction only to be pulled back in? Aren't you tired of that? Aren't you tired of almost living a life of purpose but not quite? God is standing there with the paddles. Let me bring you back to life. Let me revive the dreams. And we're going to talk about this over the next few weeks. God's going to revive some faith. He's going to revive some dreams. He's going to revive some goals. Because there's some people in here, you put some things on the back burner because you've not seen any progress in them. And God said, no, it's time to pick them up. I want to revive them. Stand with me across this front.